Welcome to the Life Cycle Lady Podcast, the place to be to discover a deeper connection to your whole self. I offer holistic, out-of-the-box ideas and practices to empower women at different life cycle changes to heal their whole selves, body, minds, and hormones. My name is Julie Hughes, and I'm your host. I draw on my experience as a midwife, a mama of four, and a holistic hormonal health coach to offer wisdom, knowledge, and guidance on your path to whole. Welcome back, everyone, or welcome if you're new. Uh, In this episode, I'm going to be sharing ideas from the micro, which means kind of like your own personal everyday life, all the way up to the macro, to bring you your life really in line with what my goal is for this episode, to getting you greater in line with your cyclical nature as a human, and obviously most of my work is as females in particular. Um, so this is going to be a good episode for lots of actionable things for you to bring into your life. Uh, so stick to, I'm going to do a little teaching at the beginning here, and then make sure you stay tuned towards the end. So right now as I'm recording this, we are in the spring season, right? So I'm going to just kind of ground us with a little bit of ideas or like the philosophy behind kind of what I'm, what I'm going to offer you. So in the spring season, the energy or kind of vibe of spring is really like a celebration of fertility, right? It's a celebration of fertility as we're starting to grow things. And really in terms of fertility, we really think of women, right? So femininity, um, it's a season to cultivate, really, in my view, it's a season to cultivate our inner feminine. Because the feminine in our culture often takes a backseat to the masculine energy, which is simply more celebrated and more a part of the way that culturally we do do things, right? It is the doing of things rather than the being of things or the flowing with things. And I'm not here to dog on anything with masculine energy at all. As humans, we carry both, right? We carry the feminine and the masculine within us. We're just really out of balance as a society. And really, we're out of balance as women and probably as men as well. I don't work so much with men. I do live in a house full of them, but I don't work so much with them. So... Um, I really focus on the feminine and what I know from working with hundreds and hundreds of women, thousands of women over the course of the last few decades is that we're pretty out of balance. And that shows up in, right, in the hormonal realm often with with our menstrual cycles and with all sorts of other things that come up. So we really value that masculine energy because it is really more celebrated. The doing is valuable in society. The being not so valuable. Like think about, oh, I went and I did this and I did that and I did that. And I feel like I had such a great day. It was so productive. Whereas if you were to say, oh, I just like, I just really, you know, took it easy today and stared at the ceiling a lot and just kind of got into my body. Not a whole lot of people would say, wow, you had a really productive day, right? Or even you, you might value the points of your day where you do much greater than the points of your day where you just rest. Like a perfect example of this is even sleep. I don't know how many women have told me over the years that like uh, sleep is lazy. You don't, you can sleep when you're dead. Like you don't need as much sleep as what I ask people to get. 
And that's because we think we do nothing during sleep, right? We could be using all those hours to be more productive and get more things done. You know, when the reality of is your body is doing so much in sleep and recuperating so much during sleep, right? There is such a rest and also a doing that our body is taking over that we have to surrender to, which is part of sleep, right? So you you kind of get where I'm going with this, right? We really much value that masculine within us. And as a culture, we value that masculine. And maybe some of you are out there on the different spectrum, right? I've been at different points of the spectrum of the valuing of different parts of us, um, right? So I'm really going to tap into try to talk about embodying that sacred feminine, right? And one way of doing that is really just getting more in touch with our cyclical nature. Not like the only the knowing of it with our heads that that we are cyclical creatures and that there's seasons and there's a moon and everything happens in a cycle. That's important that even the knowledge of it is kind of, or the wisdom behind it maybe is a better way of saying, that's kind of getting lost in our culture, right? As we just think more linearly, act linear, like from one point, eight, point A to point B, that is kind of that wisdom of knowing is getting lost. So I'm going to tap on that to start with, but then I also really want to bring in the embodiment. Like how does this actually look? in our everyday lives and not like rearranging our everyday lives, but how do we take small steps in our everyday lives to step more into our cyclical selves, right? So I'm all about not uh, redoing your whole life, but really just throwing little pebbles into your day to let them ripple and create more space for you to then step into. So what I often hear for, from women, I need to like ground you in where we, where a lot of women come to me, right? We, com- women complain to me of feeling overwhelmed or burned out, disconnected, especially from their own needs. Like if I say, what do you need? They're like, I, I don't even know what you mean. Like, I, I don't know what I need. And I've been there. We think we can do it all. Like we're super women and we think we can do it all the best, like the best at our jobs, the best at being a parent, the best carting kids from here to there, the best at whatever. If you're not a mom, the best at whatever you do. And we can do it all, all of it. Right. And that might be true without, but there's always a consequence to doing it all and doing five things at once. There is a big consequence to that. Many of us don't even feel like we know what it feels like to be slow, which is why even so many people struggle with trying to fall asleep. And some women feel anxiety when we stop moving. We feel guilty or like we need permission to simply pause or care for ourselves. Women often tell me they need to, um, in order to feel like they get some self-care time, they need to do all of the things to earn it. We need to earn our self-care rather than it just being a thing we do for ourselves because that is just part of our flow of who we are. We value that do over the flow. We even like think and eat on the go, right? Food is our main source of nourishment and yet we don't even nourish ourselves. We don't eat. 
we eat when we're texting or looking at our phone or we eat when we're in our car a lot of times. We don't just sit and like chew our food to nourish our body, right? Most of us know that the vast majority of your digestion happens in your mouth through the chewing process. And yet none of us, barely any of us chew or even are aware that we are chewing. We just chew a few times, swallow, chew a few times, swallow. How, how fast can we get this meal in and go on to the next thing? Or how disconnected are we when we're nourishing ourselves? Our major ways of nourishment, sleep, food, water, and breathing, literally basic building blocks of life, they don't, they don't get much focus. We breathe stressed out and short and shallow and not even in our bellies. We eat on the go or not even aware of the nourishment. We always are needing more water. Chronically, so many women chronically dehydrated. Right? And so we as a whole have little connection to that cycles because we just don't value them and our feminine ways of being. So one of the most important parts of being a woman, and you may disagree or, or not, is, is our cyclical parts. We think differently. We're cyclical thinking. We communicate more in cyclical. Like men go from point A to B, and I actually, honestly, I'm more masculine in my thinking, but I'm more, I communicate more cyclically. So it's like, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. Like, I'm going to start here, and I'm going to go around and round and round, but I'll eventually get to where I need to go, right? And that doesn't mean my husband actually communicates that way as well. That doesn't, it just doesn't even mean a male or female thing. It's just like the masculine and feminine parts of us, right? We also, as women, we do have a menstrual cycle. And women are mostly disconnected from them. They dislike them. They ignore them. They feel like they cause them pain, uh, emotional and physical. They don't connect with the wisdom that is actually there. Because from the very beginning, we were told centuries ago that we were dangerous on our cycles, that we were to be feared and controlled. That if we, if I, if you really look into the menstrual cycle history, it is astounded what you will find. That we were, if we touched a crop, we could kill the whole crop. That just, we were so feared on our menstrual cycle. That was what we were given. And so, of course, we hid it and we felt ashamed of it. And it continues it is passed down from generation to generation, both the narrative and the shame that is within us from something as wise as our menstrual cycle. And it is wise if you're like, what the heck, lady? It is not wise. It is wise. It is wise because it actually tells you what's going on hormonally inside of your body every month. And your fertility or your menstrual cycle, the health of it, is one of your biggest clues to your overall health and wellness. It is one of the biggest clues to your overall lifelong vitality and health and wellness. Menstrual cycles that are plagued with pain, that are plagued with cramps, that are debilitating, that are plagued with heavy, heavy bleeding, that are plagued with all of the things are out of balance. There is nothing wrong with you, and yet there is something wrong with you. Your body is trying to communicate to you, cyclically, that you're out of balance and you need to address it. You just were never, unfortunately, given the wisdom or the tools to communicate back to your body. So it continues to yell at you louder and louder every month. There is wisdom in that. Once you have the language, there's a whole lot more connection that you can do. In fact, it's not just like the physical, it's also the emotional, 
right? We say we're PMSing or we're psycho or it's just our period. In reality, it's your body speaking to you. Again, even the emotional signposts are your body speaking to you. PMS is a heart-womb playback of the days, weeks, and months of things that need to be released. It is about things that need to be healed. There tends to be repetitive thoughts. You are not psycho. You can blame it on your hormones if you want. But what I know of hormones is that the way we live our life, the way we push the doing over the being, when your cycle is actually asking you to be, It throws it all out of whack, along with diet diet things and other things, right? Our emotions are greatly impactful on our sexual hormonal health and our menstrual health. When you're incredibly stressed, which most of us are most of the time, whether you realize it or not, it shuts down your hormonal cycles because you're focusing on the hormones of cortisol. So your cramping, your emotions aren't there to hurt you. It's wisdom and asking you to pay attention that you're out of balance. It is one of the most amazing cyclical parts. So knowing about your cyclical cycle, knowing what's normal and what's not, and how to communicate when things are out of balance is huge, right? If you want more information, I actually have a course online called the Embodied Menstrual Health Course. It teaches you all of that. And then you have it for your whole life. Because if you're going to be in a cycle for 40 years that you hate, imagine being in a marriage you hated for 40 years, then that cycle of kind of like yuck every month would come up. That would suck. So don't let it suck for you. Get some information. Help yourself. The same comes again in the perimenopausal stage of your life when we're considered unstable, crazy, hormonal women, right? There's wisdom to that part of your cycle as well. You see, there's a deep wisdom for us to uncover, to embody, and connect with. But when we go, 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 and we don't, when we push away from all of the yuck parts of the cycle, right, we're super happy in the, like, many of us, in the, like, right after our period, the spring phase, and then the ovulation, the summer phase. A lot of us are like, woohoo, spring and summer. Oh, crap. Fall and winter. I hate fall and winter. That's because you're not, you don't know what's supposed to be in fall and winter. You don't know what's normal and you overdid it maybe in the spring and summer or you're trying to do the same spring and summer things in the fall and winter, right? And then we do that even in society. In the winter, we just strap our snow tires on and we just live our lives just like we did in the summer, many of us. When in reality, winter is like, man, it's cold. You're supposed to be cozying up inside more. You're more introverted. You're more slow. That's what's normal and natural. But not us. We got to go, go, go. Do, do, do. Depending on the season, we're just going to keep going. Right? So now is the time for us to recognize and tap into the wisdom of our cyclical nature to help us bring more alignment in our bodies to heal ourselves and to heal our planet because our planet is also cyclical and none of us live in rhythm with our cyclical planet. Probably if we live more in rhythm, if we connect more with it, a lot of the things that we see around us aren't going to happen. We're going to eat more in season. We're not going to buy the food from 5,000 million miles away because we want a dang avocado now, which I probably have been guilty of. Right? We maybe even want to grow more of our food. We just want to live more in alignment with the cycles. 
So how then do we do this in our modern day lives? Because you might be saying like, hey, that's all well and good, but I have four kids. Oh, wait, so do I. (laughs) I have two jobs. Oh, wait, so do I. And I have this, that, and the other, and I can't do this, what you're talking about. So you can. So I'm going to start from the micro and give you some real specific ideas that might seem so small and so like, how is that ever going to make a change? But I dare and promise you just to try them and see what actually happens. See what actually happens if you take one or two of these things into your life. So let's start with a micro. So connecting to your daily rhythm and letting you be a part of your daily rhythm. Right? So what does that look like? Connecting to your daily rhythm means at some points of the day, you're going to have more energy than others. Hormonally, what should and is normal is that when you get wake up, you shouldn't feel like you need five more hours of sleep or you need, you have to have a coffee, coffee to keep going. Or maybe you need two coffees. Right? You should, your hormonal level should leave you feeling replenished most of the time. And you're getting up in the morning because you have energy. You have the most energy in that early hours, right? And then cyclically around 3-4, we get a dip, a cyclical dip. And then we get another jump and then it slowly goes down until around the hours of 9-10 at night. And then that's when you should be sleeping. No later than 10 is when you should be sleeping, ladies, if you really want. There's certain key hormones that are only produced around the time period of 10 to 12. If you're not sleeping, you're not getting them. You're not replenishing. Teens are different, just to let you know. They have a different hormonal circadian rhythm, right? And at different points in your life as a woman, your circadian rhythm changes as well. Like in perimenopause, it changes. So knowing your rhythm, if you're not waking up feeling like refreshed, that's, there's something going on. That's not what this is talking, this episode is for, but I'll probably do one on that soon. Or you can reach out to me. Find me on my website, thelifecyclelady.com. We can chat. So you need to recognize those parts of your day. And your body naturally comes to need nourishment and space. That there's times for the going and the doing. And then there's naturally times for the space and the nourishment. And then you tap into that space and nourishment. You give yourself space for space and nourishment. It might mean, this is what it might look like. It might, might look like something as simple as breathing consciously to connect you to your body and coming home inside of your body instead of staying in your mind all day. So that might look like a specific time of the day, or it could look like all throughout the day, this is my hope, all throughout the day at certain key points, maybe when you're going to the bathroom. Hopefully you're going to the bathroom at least... I mean, going pee every few hours. If not, you're not drinking enough. And if you say, I can't drink more water because I have to go to the bathroom so much and I have to work, then, oh my goodness gracious, we've got a cultural problem that we can't go to the bathroom, right? We can't drink enough water because we're at work and we can't go to the bathroom. So when you are in the bathroom, taking five conscious breaths that fully fill fill your stomach and fully nourish you. Just doing that five times a day, having that pause, getting out of our brain, I tend to find that five is not enough. I will stay in there and take 30 or 60, right? To really feel nourished. Also, there's a time in my day around three o'clock, I feel pretty tired. 
this is a time of day a lot of women tell me they have their second cup of coffee. That's not super helpful for your hormones or your, your, your rhythm. You're asking your body to push again when it does not want to. It wants to rest. Simply laying down wherever you're at or if you're on a, like a kid run at 3 o'clock, which often is my case, sitting in the car and just laying back the seat and just taking a break for 10 minutes rather than getting on my phone or trying to finish up some work or any of those things. Just 10 minutes of just doing nothing, nothing, staring at the ceiling, doing like you did when you were a kid, nothing. If you feel anxious, that would be normal because you probably haven't done nothing in a while. And so there's all this anxiety there that already was there. You've just been thinking your way and not being in your body. That's normal. There's nothing bad or wrong with that. And more you do it, the less you feel that. Another thing is eating. Actually eating. Maybe this is your thing. I'm asking you to choose one of these things. Just at the beginning, one thing. Eat something and be present when you eat. Don't look at anything. Don't do anything. Don't figure out your next move or your next thing. Just sit and eat. Try doing it for a whole meal and see what happens. Honoring the nourishment of sleep. When your body feels tired, don't say, I have 50,000 more things to do before I'll let your sleep body. Remember, you are part of your body, but your body is a shell that you live in and it only lasts so long. Taking care of it through sleep is huge. You need to replenish your body so your body will last for you. So choose one of those things. Breathing, eating, and sleeping. <laughs> your pillars of health. Choose one and actually be aware of doing it. Do it for a week. The next from the micro to the macro is connect to your menstrual cycle. Know about the amazing female rhythms of going and doing of like, you know, do you run the whole, if you're a runner, do you run your whole menstrual cycle, the whole four phases? If you are, you might be actually damaging your hormones a little bit. Depends on what's going on in your life. There's a point of running for sure. And then there's a point of more like walking and that's okay. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you or you're running worse than you were in the cycle before. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just like there's different things that your body needs at different points and you got to honor it rather than push it to do what you want it to do. It's respecting your body. The more you respect your body, the more others will respect your body in time, right? So connecting into that menstrual cycle rhythm Connecting into the doing versus the resting phase and actually tapping into that to make you a super powered woman. Because what I know is the more I tap in and the more I rest during the rest phase, the more I get done during the doing phase. The more I just do the whole time, the crappier I feel and the less I actually get done and the more I mess up. So tapping into it. Just becoming more embodied and aligned with your menstrual cycle. Healing. The more healing. Gosh, so many women that, that, women that come to me for menstrual cycle help, I give them probably some, some, uh, a few different things. I could be in the pillars of, you know, a diet adjustment or just maybe even a supplement. They're maybe not getting enough B's vitamins. Um, and then I give them like what their cycle is. And then they just tap into that for a month and check back in. And they're like, oh my God, I never knew I couldn't have cramps. I've had cramps for 20 years. Not everyone. We're all on a spectrum. We've all damaged our body in different ways or just not known about it. 
It's not everyone, but a lot of more women than you would think. Right, so connecting to your menstrual cycle. I do podcasts on menstrual cycle. I have more planned. So just, you want free, come back to this podcast. You want more information, go to that embodied menstrual health class. Connecting to the moon cycle. So this might see a little woo to some of you who are not in the woo-woo realm. If it does, I just, you know, like... We have a moon, just like we have a menstrual cycle. The moon comes in four phases, just like the menstrual cycle and the seasons. It is just another signpost to tap into. There's certain vibes and energies of the moon, just like there's vibes and energies of the season. Like, this has been known for centuries. This is how people used to farm and grow, and it's how a lot of people used to even live. So the more you connect with the moon cycles, the more you're able to harness the energy of those places and do the doing and do the growing, which often happens to be in the absence of the doing, right? And so connecting to the moon cycles for me looks like, and for my family, because we do this as a family, it means like on a new moon, we celebrate it in some way. We acknowledge it and we celebrate it, right? We often do kind of like a thing around the dinner table. New moon means new. So intentions for our next cycle, which means the next moon cycle. So the next month rather than the calendar month, the the moon cycle month. So intentions for our family. What do we want to grow? Recently we did a, we had little potted plants, um, little pots. They were little, little ones. And we talked about how we wanted to connect with each other more. It was a new moon. And we wrote on the, we passed it around the dinner table and I have, like, I have a kid at 15 all the way down to four. And we wrote what we want, how we wanted to connect with people more in our family, right? Each person had one, they had their name, then we passed it around. And then, so we did that and then we put potted plants in it, right? And so then we tried to take that on. And then when the full moon came, we actually planted the seeds. It was just an anchoring thing that we all saw through dinner that reminded us what we wanted for our relationships with each other, what we wanted to work on and what we wanted to grow. So we could become like a happier family, more connected individually. And it worked really, really well. So things like that, just being aware and letting it be a guide right? If you want more information on new moons in particular, I do a virtual new moon circle uh, every month and you can find the information on my website. Connecting to the energy of the seasons, both emotionally and physically. So like actually tapping into what that energy of that season, spring is fertility, feminine. It's like that awakening. It's the stirrings inside, all of that. And then using that in your work, using that in your love life, using that in your relationships with your family, right? It's spring. Part of this new moon for my family that I just described was the spring. We did it in the spring. We did it on a new moon. It's both the energy of the spring season, what we want to grow in our family, but also, so I wouldn't probably do that exact activity in the winter time, right? Makes sense. It's not rocket science. I just like literally tap into the energy and then ideas come from that. It's like, oh, of course you would be planting. That's what people naturally do. It's literally just tapping into who we are and what we're naturally meant to do. It's just, we've gotten really far away from it. So just using those seasons in that way. 
saying no, like from a family level, like in the winter, I say no to more activities, more sports. I say no to more like play dates. Like we just don't do those things. It's not because we don't love the people. We just go a little bit more into hibernation. We don't drive as much because the, the weather asks us not to. It asks us to be home, at least in my state where I live, right? And most every states. I mean, I've lived in Hawaii, and it asks you that as well in Hawaii. So bringing one of these or two of these ideas in your life and allowing them to take up space creates true ripples of change. It invites you more to begin to feel more embodied and alive, right? It invites you to begin to feel more embodied and alive rather than just living in your head all of the time. What you find, what most women find is you throw that little rock or pebble in, it creates ripples within, and it opens up more space for you to then step into. Sometimes it also opens up more space for you to be like, well, I can't because that doesn't work because I can't actually follow my own needs because, right? I've been there too. And I also help women with that, with the yes buts and the excuses. Normally when you start really, really small though, there's a lot less of those yes buts and excuses. You just got to have a will to find a way. And really, to me, it's not even the will. Actually, it's more the curiosity. Because that curiosity, rather than I must do this, but the curiosity of like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? And I get excited. And that kind of energy opens up space for you to figure out a way. Right? So thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, if you enjoy my podcast, can you give me a like or a comment or, you know, all the things that help other people see this, share it, uh, give, rate it, um, all those things. And also make sure to head on over to the likepsycholady.com and check out my online programs um, to tap into greater ways of both understanding and of also getting more cyclical living ideas. Um, So hope you enjoyed it and I will see you all soon. Thanks.